Jeremy. Neil. Um, somebody was saying that you sound like an owl. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It's a good yeah. dad joke. Yeah, there's the music. <laughs> I'm not saying I'll kill a snitch, but right. you know. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that that's gonna be a, a smashing success. Yeah, it will go over well. They can make you wear pants. Welcome to Talk About Town. It's a podcast about real estate and some other stuff. And now, here's your hosts. Neil and Jeremy. We're back. I'm excited. Um, this is actually episode number 40. So uh, talk about town is in, uh, it's a middle age thing now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got dad jokes. Um, right. Jeremy, of course, is right here as always. Uh, Hello. Uh, we've, we've got a guest here, uh, Chris Flynn. Hello. And Chris does all kinds of stuff. I've known Chris for probably 15, 20 years, like nearly. Yeah, 15, 20 years. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, a long time ago. I was different. He was different. But it was yep. cool. We had a lot of similar interests. And yep. so it's cool to reconnect now and just kind of shoot the shit about like mm-hmm. crazy nerd stuff. Yep. Music, music festivals, all that kind of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty so, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's pretty cool. You know, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's cool uh, getting to see Neil again. I haven't seen Neil in a pretty good long time. He was once a mentor of mine, so to speak, uh, in the good old days. And it's really good to uh, see you guys again. I appreciate you all having me on. Well, it's interesting that Neil was a mentor of yours. <laughs> and, uh, well, and and here well, you we are. Won't. You're still all in one piece. <laughs> I made it. Yeah, I made it this far for sure. Well, I will say, like, to be serious for a sec, because I was a, a high school teacher back in the day, and that's how I knew Chris. And there's no better reward than to see students that you have that are, like, doing really well. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Because yeah. there's plenty of them, but some aren't doing so great. And I, I get a lot of pleasure from seeing my former students and going, this is awesome. And we've lost a few. Yeah, that's you know, we lost a few of our classmates. You know, it's, it's definitely... Yep. Uh, when you have a few diamonds that, that stick out in those classes, I imagine it's probably reward. I mean, I got two kids now, so I can only imagine, you know, the reward of seeing somebody that you actually spent a pretty good amount of time getting to know teaching. Uh, I wouldn't say I've succeeded or anything, but I've, I'm, I got lights in my basement. Those are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I made something. <laughs> You're doing okay. I'm living. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell us, uh, Chris, just a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure thing. Yeah. So uh, as, as Neil was kind of explaining, I do a lot of different things. I've my, my interest and career focuses have taken me into different realms on different subjects, but primarily I'm a software architect. Uh, So I'm CTO and solutions architect for Crosby interactive. That's my full-time job. Um, So basically I build large scale web systems, custom apps, uh, mobile apps, uh, databases all the way to, you know, full e-commerce integrations. I mean, it's spread across the board. 
And then um, on the fun, more fun side of my career focus, uh, I do live event production and studio engineering. So the studio I'm in, uh, along with a couple shows that I've thrown throughout the years as my uh, production company, Bardo Productions. Uh, we threw a music festival two years ago, brought a bunch of bands to Louisville, had a great old time. Um, it was uh, it was a blast and it definitely was an ass kicker, so to speak, in terms of a learning. I, I mean, definitely learning from the School of Hard Knocks in that one. Uh, what, but it what was, was the what venue was that at? So we did it at Expo five. And the only reason mm -hmm. I did it, I did it at Expo five for a lot of different reasons. Um, mostly because I had known that venue through previous metal shows that I went, went to back in the day. Um, and I knew of the venue and the setup and I had in this, my, in my head, this vision of a multi-stage setup. Um, and then I actually went and approached the guys that own the building who are awesome people. Um, I went and approached them and suggested a, a different kind of music festival than what they're used to. They're used to like harder edge stuff like metal and like hard hardcore rap and all this stuff. And they're used to having like kind of extreme shows. And here I come with this like jam band, rock funk centric, you know, jam show. And they're like, it, we've never done anything like this. You know, like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? I'm like, nothing. That's the best part about it. Everybody's going to be super happy and lots of lights and lots of people spinning stuff. I mean, it's nothing too crazy. Luckily we had no incident and no, no one was pissed off whatsoever. We didn't have one need for a security guard, but we were overstaffed for security for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, the venue was different for a lot of that group, but they liked how we made that venue work. We got some cool uh, pictures and footage still hoping for some the my uh one of my video guys has never delivered the footage that he spent all day shooting and i just kind of left it at that and never really worried about it but you know there's some footage out there of the show and we think we think it was a good success so that's awesome do you, do you plan to do any more of that kind of thing down the road i would love to i would love to um honestly you know, with the COVID stuff going on, the event production's probably fallen to the farthest wayside in terms of expendable industries in town. Um, headliners, uh, they've, they've, uh, yep, they've had to post up their venue for sale. I mean, we've had a couple of venues fall down. So, yeah, that's crazy. Cause I've always thought that headliners is one of the best places in Louisville to see a show. Phenomenal. Yeah. I actually knew um, the, the most recent owner of Headliners liners uh i guess joe Arterbright, he's i yep. guess he's he's selling it or sold it um yeah so they still own headliners the brand and they still have the basically capacity on the venue they just they had to put the venue up for sale as mm -hmm. in the physical location but it doesn't mean that the company that's behind it has gone away they're still every every production company you've seen putting on shows here in louisville are still going in whatever capacity they can find to continue moving on right now. Could it's, headliners rent from the new owners in the same yeah, location? Yeah, I believe that was the last I read about it. I believe that was kind of what the plan was is they'll just lease it. They'll sell the building to whatever the owners and they'll just lease it out as they need it, which right. is super unfortunate because it's what, you know, 30 years that venue has been just pumping great music into town. And it's been a very known Louisville hotspot for, you know, great music. So it's just been, um, it's it's just yeah I, I really feel for you know anybody that depends on you know in-person traffic or crowd whatever the case may be to yeah. you know for their livelihood yeah. um we we had our uh, friend dallas mcgarity on last week um talking about uh or i guess two weeks ago talking about um you know he, he's a he's a chef and restaurant tour 
Yeah, they're getting um, in part two. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, for musicians, artists, um, you know, museum curators, anything like that, where you're um, depending on in-person traffic and uh, ticket sales uh, for your again for your livelihood. It's just um, so I was I was kind of joking about COVID. Well, what's COVID? Um, <laughs> but but uh, obviously, um, it's uh, it's affecting us all, but some definitely more so than others. For sure, yeah, and I mean, shout out to all the live event productions like throwing a music music festival um a couple years ago like that that i did that out of like the pureness of my heart just wanting to bring music to town like there's no financial gain or major thing for me to benefit besides seeing all my favorite bands here in town um and you know i got to know a lot of production staff a lot of people who really live and die by these shows that people typically go to and you know it's you know, that $20 ticket that you, that you pay pays for a lot of people. I mean, there's massive amounts of stage crew, there's promo, there's marketing, there's support. There's the people who take care of the bands, people who take care of it is so many people involved in the event industry. And if you all have not heard of it, there's actually an industry called Neva. They're actually uh, working on a campaign right now to uh, lobby for funding for uh, people who have been affected, especially in the music industry, people have been affected by COVID. So mm-hmm. uh, great organization. I highly support you. Re- you know, if you want to see your favorite band come to town, you know, it takes more than just that band coming to town. Like you got right. staff, there's staff that needs to live and die by those bands coming to town. And it would really, it would really help to get some recognition. So. So Neva N-E-V-A? N-I-V-A, I believe it is. N-I-V-A. And that's yeah. an acronym, I'm assuming. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, pull, I can pull it up. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll plug it later. Yeah, I'll plug we'll it later. in there. <laughs> so um, the event stuff, you know, as far as doing it again, I, I mean, I would love to do it. You know, I was hoping for a much larger turnout. Every every event promoter hopes for a much larger turnout. And we, I think we were competing with uh, – uh, the state fair that weekend and oh, we wow. were with uh, um, a couple of, there's a couple national acts that were playing like Iroquois amphitheater that pulled the same crowd. Just so interesting. Like you, you just don't know what to expect. And we were happy with everybody that showed up though. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. So um, bear with us, Chris, as we have to kind of do our corporate requirements for our, you know, for the reason that our, our, our listeners tune in <laughs> please do yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited to see the format in its entirety yeah well um Go for we it. can we can just touch on real estate numbers because nothing is different than it was two weeks ago um here we'll let we'll um have a word from our sponsor and then we'll tell you what's going on in the real estate world hello i'm chad hennessy with insuremax If you're exploring options for your insurance coverage, let me and my staff help with taking the burden off your shoulders. We at InsureMax are a locally owned independent insurance agency providing options and flexibility. This allows us to design coverage for your auto, home, business, and life insurance specifically for your needs. Please contact me, Chad Hennessy, at 502-479-4085 or email me at chadh at insuremax.com. InsuraMax looks forward to removing the stress of insurance shopping for you. All right. So um, low inventory, tons of buyers. That's it. That's, that's pretty true. I, I just want to say about that, uh, that spot we just dropped in. It's like we never left. You know, it was like just so quick. So quick. I know. It's crazy. Um, it's a time warp. 
Yeah, it really is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're still in pandemic season, pandemic mode, um, which, uh, you know, as we've discussed quite a bit, um, the inventory has been low for years. Pandemic has caused it to be even crazier. We're talking about the absorption rate, how fast things are moving, uh, less than two months of inventory at last check. So that means, uh, yeah, if you don't list anything else, everything's gone in less than two months. So it really is crazy, but we're here uh, to help guide you through it. Buyers, sellers, uh, we know interest rates are still at historic lows and appear, apparently they're gonna remain that way for quite some time. And that's what that's, I've, I've heard. That's word on the street. Uh, I, I was doing a little research, um, just local news, local stories before, um, you know, earlier today and this week. And I was, one thing I was like, I don't want COVID stories because we're inundated with that. I don't yeah. want to say, here's what's happening with the pandemic. I don't want to say, here's this. I'm more interested in if we're going to talk about COVID, how it's affecting the local community and what else is going on? Because I hear about you, you can't get away from it. You know, you really right. can't. And, and I don't want to be just the, another uh, COVID voice. Um, I, I read an article in my research that basically it was funny. It was kind of like a long written article that is our number section saying, you know, if you're a buyer, don't be surprised if you go in over asking price five times and, and it doesn't take because somebody else is going in even bigger and it, it had quotes from people and it, it was just the same thing. Well, and I think um, just to your point about the, the COVID just kind of, I don't know, just immersion in it. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it is impossible to avoid and, mm -hmm. and we don't try to avoid it. We don't want to avoid it per se. You know, we, we, um, we're just, you know, we're, we're about positivity. We, we, we still, we have to live our lives and do what we can, um, you know, to, to keep ourselves safe, keep our family safe. But, but again, just, you know, we have to make a living. We have to work. We have to, we have to, again, keep living. So, um, you know, there's lots of people out there that are doing what they can, making the sacrifices they got to make and, um, you know, living the dream. No, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the current reality, whatever that is. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, the multiple offer situation again that's been going on for quite some time it's maybe even crazier now uh given the current circumstances but I, I always say um you know just a lot of it is a lot of times communication can help with that um there's no guarantee uh in i always i would i like to set the bar low you know but but <laughs> one thing one thing we can do though as an agent is communicate with another agent and say hey look i've got a really strong buyer here, you know, get the lender involved, you know, get, um, have them give them a call, find out what the seller is trying to get out of the house, not just in beyond price, because, you know, ultimately you get a cash buyer or somebody that's bidding way over what you're willing or able to do, then you may end up losing out anyway. But if, if you give it your best shot in terms of how, how much you're comfortable giving, uh, and then, and then we kind of figure out, okay, we're, we, what are the best terms for the seller? Because unfortunately, there it is. It, it's just the way it is. There, there's 
so many people competing for the same property, we have to, we have to cater to the seller's needs at least initially. So um, we're going to, we're going to find out what is the seller looking for? You know, is it, do they need extra time to close? Do they need a couple of days after closing? Um, do you know, like it's, it's beyond, beyond the price because we know, again, they want the most money. But uh, again, I think having a lender give um, the other agent a call is a really strong move sometimes, you know, just say, uh, hey, because if you got somebody who's close and you got that call from the lenders and hey, this buyer is good to go, you know, they're beyond pre-qualification, they're, they're essentially approved, we just got to find them the house. You know, you get somebody who makes that kind of call for you and, you know, who's going to bat for them. Um, that will uh, go a long way in, in terms of a uh, multiple offer situation. Again, it's not a guarantee, but you got to do everything you can to help out your buyer. Um, and then as far as sellers go, um, you know, once you, once you get, you know, it's great when you have that multiple offer situation, you got everybody competing, but just remember once it's under contract, you got burden hand. So you got to work with that buyer because going back on the market in a market like this is, is not always fun, you know? So anyway, it's just, that's why I say having somebody there to kind of guide you through all the different variables um, and potential pitfalls, whatever they may be, is pretty crucial. Rambling a little bit, Neil, apologize. That's all right. I always edit you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it is true. It is true. I, I require editing. That's why, that's, why, that's why this is not a live broadcast. That's right. <laughs> there might be a couple pieces okay. you can edit out of me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. Uh, I generally, I, I don't uh, hardcore edit this podcast. I, you know, put it together and usually let most of it just uh, let the chips fall where they may. If it's really it. cool. Anything in terms of content creation these days, like I'm all for, especially I love the idea that you are pulling like a Louisville centric podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. Neil, that's why I wrote you. I was like, you know what? I might have a couple of things about Louisville to say. Yep. You know, like I got a couple of stories I might be able to share. Um, Cause I'm one of those people that you guys are talking about. I'm a Louisville native, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, even just hearing the, yeah. E- even just hearing the, uh, um, the, uh, re- the uh, listings it conversation as far as like real estate and everything, you know, I'm, I was, I'm literally like thinking back to my like searching for houses recently and, you know, like my experience doing development around the real estate market too. Cause I've worked with a couple of really uh, large real estate companies, um, uh, over doing the software and stuff. Yeah, yeah, building software for them back in, back in software specifically MLS systems. That's the biggest mm-hmm. integrating is, with ML, MLS systems and so on. Which is funny because I reached out to Chris. I don't know a few months ago. Yeah, earlier I, this year. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at um, adding um, an IDX search to my website, which is essentially a platform that draws from the MLS. Yep. But the the way my website is hosted, there needs to be a server in between the two essentially and it was a it was out of my wheelhouse and he talked to me and um then COVID hit and i was like well i can't spend this money right now and uh, i eventually found a kind of in a box solution on about yeah uh, yeah and ultimately that's what i tell my clients like i'm not i'm not always constantly i'm a solutions provider that's my Mm -hmm. that's what i always tell but i'm going to provide you a solution if your solution was to do something else that's what I suggest. Like I'm, a, I'm ultimately out to benefit the person who's asking me for help. Yeah. And, and Jeremy and I work the same way, you know, yeah. if, and, and, you know, even legally we have to look out for the best interests of the client. We're not, absolutely. Yep. 
you know, you don't, you don't shove someone in a home and say, this is your home now live there. <laughs> I mean, and those are the kind of, those are the kind of situations where you, where you treat people the right way. I mean, you may get a referral from somebody who didn't use you. Be like, Hey, look, if you're looking for somebody, this guy, I trust him, you know, like he helped me out. I didn't actually use his product or service, but he told me the best way to go. Um, you know, and, and I think, uh, as anybody that provides a service, when you get referrals, that's the ultimate compliment, you know, ultimate, mm-hmm. ultimate. And a lot Absolutely. of my, my continuous work has been compliment, you know, referral based work. Like we don't, my company doesn't advertise. We don't put anything out there. Most of everything we have, which is completely viable and very long sustaining work has all come from referrals. That's awesome. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's, um, and that you know, really, that really is the most sustainable work. Uh, Absolutely. Just do a good job. It's going to keep, yeah, it's going to keep coming. I always say like, um, you know, with residential real estate, it's a sustainable business. You know, like we have ups and downs in, in the market. Um, you know, builders go through quite a bit, but as a residential realtor, residential realtor, when you get established and people, you know, know you and it's about being top of mind, you know, you want to be the first person that people think of when they're having, you know, some sort of home related need or software related need, whatever the case may be. Um, and yeah. And then I think once you get to that point, then it never really stops. You can't, you can't stop, you know, advertise. Well, you can't stop that communication with your base. You know, those people that you've right. worked with before you yeah. got to stay in touch with them. But um, you know, so it's not, it's not just like direct advertising, but it's, but again, it's just having that presence and it, it, it will be sustainable for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah, especially and, if you can find that happy balance of like not being too annoying, but being personable, like some people just want to be remembered, right? Half of the part I would imagine, because I would imagine there's some similarities between industries here. Mm-hmm. You know, half of the part of being remembered was the fact that you went above and beyond and they remember your empathy towards their, their, their concern, their concerns or their, con- you know, problems they were dealing with. And as real estate agents or software architects or anything for that matter like you should be able to like just kind of pull in it's like look i'm not trying to screw you i just i know what you need and i can get you there as quick as you can expect to get there you gotta kind of trust me and And the ones that succeed yeah and service is like you know something that a computer can't replace like like can a computer write software now yes can a computer do a home search and help you find a house and do all that stuff yes but a computer can't look you in the eye and walk you through and say, look, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is why, and this is how it's going to, going to best serve you. And I've, I've yet to find a computer that can do that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, I mean, in, in my career field, a lot of it is taking what somebody is asking you to build. like, Hey, I want to build this thing. And here's my requirements as a solutions architect. I have to genuinely listen to that person and find a way to regurgitate their business goals and their requirements. And they're usually not technical or not domain specific verbiage and say, look, here's what you need. And 90% Mm -hmm. of the time when you are able to regurgitate, it validates people. That's half of winning the battle is validating that what they said actually made sense and you can act on it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a good relationship. One of the things that, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, trying not to be, obnoxious or annoying or it's uh in in our business our profession it's kind of i don't know like the in your face thing is is it's impersonal yeah well you see you see a lot of it and there are there are really successful agents that have that kind of just over the top person 
personality. But that's, you know, it's just Neil and I, I think um, we really try to just be real, you know, and, and we're knowledgeable. We know what we need. We know what you need and how to, I don't know, like basically it's just about, it's about listening and, and I don't know, ultimately, like you said, you know, it's, it's serving their best interests and we take a lot of pride in that. And so it just, if you, I don't know, I'm losing it. Well, so it's about getting with someone you trust and, and this is kind of a good place. I meant to tease it uh, two weeks ago on the episode, but I forgot to, but I, I kind of have an announcement too. Oh, yeah. I um I put out a book over the past oh, uh, week yeah, or two. Yeah. And the book is specific to Louisville, buying and selling in Louisville. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So Neil and literally s- wrote the book on on buying real estate. And selling buying and selling real estate in Louisville. <laughs> in Louisville, yeah. Specific. It's not just like so and, and I mean, you know, for instance, Chad, our sponsor on here, who is my personal insurance agent. He, like, he's in the book. I say, hey, if you're looking for insurance, like, here's a guy in Louisville. You know, it's not just a fill-in-the-blank kind of real estate book. So, Where's uh, the book it, published? Uh, well, it's self-published, but if you go to louisvillehomesbook.com, you will, there's a way to sign up for it. And I send it out for free, even paper shipping. Yeah. It's, That's uh, awesome. Thanks. So, how long did that take you to write? uh i was working on it for over a year for sure um it's one of those things that you kind of plug away on it in the morning before the family gets up i'm an early riser and then everybody's up and you're done for the day because i don't know i can't like be a dad and a husband and a real estate agent and work on a book it's crazy yeah that's like that's like me being a dad and a software developer trying to do music yep it's yeah. you only you got 24 hours right exactly some of that you got to sleep I, I joke that neil doesn't sleep um <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's a it, i believe it i know that dude works i know he works well it's it, he does better the more that he has on his plate so you I, i'm like that too but i mean i neil um you know i'm i'm very fortunate to have him as a partner to me and and he helps me a lot and I, I mentioned it for the world to hear, Neil. Really well, appreciate I, pre- I appreciate you too, Jeremy. All right. We work well, well together. And, and just to get back to what I was saying before, I was stumbling like crazy, but it's, <laughs> you know, it really is, it's a service-based industry. That's what we do. And we don't, we don't overcomplicate it. You know, we know what we're doing. You know what you need. We listen to your needs. And also to tell you things that you maybe don't want to hear, but that you need to hear. And, and that's really what it's about. And, I think if you're genuine and you're honest and you, and you care about your people, then that's, you know, again, that's, we're talking about the sustainable business and that's, you know, that's really what we're all about. And, and, and so if you want somebody that's in your face over the top, you know, advertising constantly, you're always seeing that's, you know, it's not our game, but it doesn't, you know, that, that, that doesn't automatically mean that you're successful. It definitely doesn't mean that you're better. And that's, uh, it's one of the things that I've learned in this is, I mean, there's, there's people that, in, in the real estate business specifically that have made a lot of money that aren't great agents, you right. know, that's, that's um, true. I mean, I think I would so consider a good agent, somebody that practices like good empathy, right? Somebody yeah, that for sure. Somebody that genuinely listens to somebody like, all right, this is my next sale, right? Like the last thing I want to be when I go in the house, in the certain, cause I was telling Neil about this earlier, 
you know, how I've been in the search lately, you know, and just kind of looking around. I know interest rates are low. It's like not a lot of houses, but, you know, it would be a great time if I find the right one. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is really important when dealing with anybody in any service industry, is just like practicing amount of human empathy. Like that's the biggest thing that's missing these days between cell phones. And I mean, I live, I got three screens. Like, dude, there's so many screens right here. <laughs> like I can tell you, I know what I'm talking about when I was like, I got to get away from this and go talk to people face to face in whatever capacity it is like this, this to me is a face to face interaction, but it's that, that social emotional empathy, right? It's something that really, look, I understand what you're looking. I know, no, I hear you. I know yeah. what you're looking for. Like that house is going to be really important to you because of this. Yeah. When people can right. get that, you understand them, you know, that I first was- part of lockdown was pretty hard on me. Cause you know, we were, uh, as much as I love my family, when you're with them for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and you see no one else and go, don't go anywhere. It's like, man, this is crazy. Oh man. And I was upstairs. I was upstairs in our foyer, like our little like dining room. Yeah. It had like, three monitors and my chair and my desk. And she's like, you got to go downstairs. Like <laughs> your meetings, your voice, you are so loud. You are so <laughs> intense. Like, can you just please go? And now, you know, months later, this is what, what it ended up. But like, she's like, yeah, you got to get out of here. This is too much. Can't imagine she would say that to you. <laughs> oh, I, I did. The minute she said it, I was like, I know. Yeah, you're right. I'm so well, sorry. I'm yeah. so annoying. <laughs> no, I, well, I get my voice carries and I'm in the, like, we don't really have a place in our house. That's super ideal for this kind of setup, especially when like kids are in bed and stuff like right. that. So, you know, I'm in like basically the middle of the house and, um, but it is what it is. We make it work. You practicing um, your nighttime voice. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I, yeah. And so, honestly, like, I think that it's harder sometimes for me to do the podcast late at night because my energy is lower and I'm trying and I'm conscious of it. It's like, Oh my oh, gosh, man. I gotta. So, um, yeah. So listeners, I apologize if this, uh, if I suck today, but, <laughs> but no, like I think, um, getting back to, you know, what we were talking about with just, um, the empathy and human connection. I mean, I, I really crave that. Like I do yeah. like, and I'm, I'm, I'm big on, um, just, I'm kind of old school in like, I text, I use my phone all the time. I'm constantly, but, but I like to pick up the phone and give somebody a call because I think that there's so much more that you can gain from a conversation, especially like, not just with people that I'm like, not just my clients, but the other side of the transaction, like there's no tone from a text or an email, no. uh, things get lost in translation. And so you can resolve so many things, I think, by just picking up the phone and having a call uh, uh, just a quick conversation, you know, something that you go back and forth on a text thread for hours. And it's really frustrating to me when I, you know, I call somebody, they don't answer the phone. I send them a text. They respond in two seconds. So it's, it's just the mentality. And, you know, I don't know how old your kids are, but, um, you know, my, my kid, my oldest is 11. He doesn't have his own cell phone yet, but it's, he's on devices all the time, but he doesn't have his own cell phone yet. But when I see like those teenage aged kids and they're all sitting together they're all in the same place but they're they're all on their phones yeah and so they're like on they're like on whatever app they're on like it's uh twitter tiktok or um rolling instagram and and so they're communicating with each other electronically while they're sitting in the same space it's just a different world to me but absolutely i have to make a conscious decision because you know that your phone is so second nature these days and right. if I'm sitting with someone doing something, I have, I'll have to like turn it over. Like, Hey, you don't look at your phone. Don't, 
you know, I noticed uh, today or yesterday, I was waiting on something and it was like, oh, my phone. Oh, I was picking up some uh, something from a print shop. I left my phone in the car because I thought I was going to be in, or, in and out, but I had to do something for a sec that took 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, I don't have my phone. And then I was like, okay, we're going to be okay. We're just going to sit here and chill out. And that it's not your first instinct anymore. Have you all seen those studies um, where they're talking about, you know, dopamine cleanses where the fact that all these, like, you know, all these icons and all the, the stuff we get notifications on, you know, our phones are basically programmed to, to trigger dopamine receptors. It's no different than <laughs> a drug addict. If you really think yeah. about it, um, right. all we're doing when we're chasing likes and we're chasing like, Instagram hearts and all these like appreciations. And every time we put something up and we're constantly refreshing, and constantly checking, I mean, we're triggering dopamine receptors in our brain. And, and by doing, by basically being a slave to that dopamine intake, uh, constant like cycle that you go through, you're, you're basically, it's no different than a drug addict, which is, it super is an addiction for sure. And it's like, you have to program or program your brain, but also like talk to yourself and in a, in a very real state and say like, you know, I got a plan at a time where I just don't check my phone. Mm-hmm. Like I turn everything into airplane and doing what I do where I'm buzzed constantly. Mm-hmm. I literally have to turn my phone on complete silent, shove it in the corner, forget about it and just yep. check it in a few hours. Like I need those downtune times. Right. Right. Just, I admire just the fact that you're even conscious of it. Cause I think some people are not lo- listening not. to my phone. I don't know even what that is. <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a lot of wild years that have pointed those things out to me where I'm just like, you know what? Like there's some interesting things going on with this phone. Like there's no reason not every time my phone vibrates, I should be like, let me stop everything I'm doing. Yeah. Pick- well, and right. I'm, I'm very- just, it vibrated as I picked the phone up just now. <laughs> That's how crazy it is. I get it. Well, I'm very obsessive about my um, notifications, like all the bubbles. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I can't stand it. Like, I just don't like it. And so I, I turned off all the notifications. The only notifications I get are my emails and of course a call or a text. And cause otherwise I would just be constantly looking at the bubbles or just annoyed by them. And so intense. It's just, and, 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 but yeah, I mean that, that uh, I totally, you know, it totally makes sense what you're, what you said. And I totally believe it, the dopamine thing. Cause it is, a, I mean, you know, we do crave that, um, that whatever the, the light, you know, like, uh, who liked my pictures? I just posted yeah. pictures of my kids. And it's up to guys <laughs> like me to program that, 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 <laughs> you know, right. people are going like, make them want. So it's like, okay, well, how do we do that? We make the bubble bigger, make the number bigger. Do we make the, does it vibrate with a double ring or does it, you know, it's all these like little nuanced uh, things from a software perspective that people with money are like, how do we make people pay attention to our notifications? You wouldn't, uh, you would not believe the science that goes oh, into that. You, the, right. the marketing effort, the money that's funneled into making you pay attention to that little bubble. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, from my now along, along that line, if you found this from our uh, email, uh, from an email blast or from Facebook post or something, make sure to like, talk about town and share yeah, the post. This is Damn. really cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really cool. Like once you all, once the opportunity was there, I was like, I would love to be on. That's awesome. Be a little tiny voice in Louisville. Just uh, but well, ev- everyone listening needs to like and share and tell a friend 
and then them like and share. We need to get tons of likes on here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it that is uh, that is really how you if you're going to grow, if you're going to if you're going to grow your viewership or listenership, as this case maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're you know there are no, there are no tiny voices in Louisville. We're all. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? So, but I, but right. I think uh, and especially we we I think we've already established the fact that you don't have a tiny voice. <laughs> no, right. no, I'm Not a little annoying. <laughs> but um, no, 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 no. I, I think uh, I think it's interesting, and and you just have. I mean, your brain. It's interesting to me, especially because your brain just works so much differently than mine. Like I'm, you know, oral written communication skills. Like that's all I can do. You know, like I I can't do math at all. Uh, science. You know, technology is is. I, I've said this before. I, I accept it. I don't embrace it. So you know, when I when people understand how it works and can explain it, and it's especially interesting if you can explain it. Um, so that a layperson, and I'm definitely the layperson, can can understand it. Which is actually my job in my career field, believe it or not. So I'm I'm what you would consider a solutions architect. So, and this is actually kind of interesting when you all understand that there are different levels of people who are involved in the tech industry. You have your entry level level junior devs. You have your engineers. Your engineers, by the way, are not the people you put in front of your clients. They're not right. the people you put on podcasts. They're, they're the dudes it, that are like, nah. yeah, they're they're just like, you know <laughs> what? I really would rather not, I'd rather not talk to you. I don't want to know. Give me a task list. Give me some bullet points. I'll have that done later. Like that's an engineer. And it. then you have your big dreamers. They call uh, one of the jobs I worked. We actually categorized ourselves into different animals. So you have your tiger. You have your bull, your your lion, or I mean, sorry, tiger, bull, owl, and then a lamb, which was the- You sound like an owl. <laughs> I was actually a tiger, believe it or not. You would think I'm a I'm like by nature of my career field that I would be an owl, but most of my friends that are engineers are owls. Nice. I'm that weird tiger that, that just shoots for shiny shit too Dude. much. <laughs> yeah and that was one of my interests and it's you know shout out to brady shout out to blackstone media in those days like that was absolutely one of the weirdest but coolest like exercises in personalities that i've ever gone through where i learned who i work well with like a, a bull is into bullet points you know a lion is or a tiger is like really into like what's shiny and new and let's get the newest thing let's try that and you know there's these interesting characteristics that when you pair them in the teams, they become a cohesive unit. And when the team mm -hmm. is a cohesive unit, you're not looking at the animal anymore. You're looking at the cohesive unit, which makes better teams. Right. So well, it was an interesting like skill that I learned over the days. Well, I think uh, it makes me think about, um, you know, like, like a genius, whatever their genius in, you know, like, like you mentioned the engineers, I'm sure that like intellectually, like IQ wise, they're, they're, really smart you know off the charts but um Social emotional right and just being right. able to communicate so there's there's a lot of people that um that are really really good at something but they can't explain to you how to do it or to absolutely you know, or to put it into you know like doctors sometimes have really poor quote-unquote bedside manner you know they're they're not good at explaining it in a way that really makes sense to exactly you as the patient but um you know, and I think it's, I think that's kind of why a lot of times the greatest in a, like the greatest athletes in a sport are often not the best coaches because exactly. like Michael Jordan, he's like, why can't you just jump 42 inches in the air and dunk on people? Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like imagine Peyton Manning trying to run an offense from the sideline. 
absolutely. He's like, <laughs> he's like, let me just get out here and show you how to do it. Yeah, just come on. What do you What do you mean? When the safety steps off two and two steps, your receiver's open for a window of 0.5 seconds. Why aren't you seeing this 30 seconds earlier? It just, yeah, exactly. that just makes me think of my football years like all the football years that i had it's just funny the amount of strategy that comes into that like basically what i do i'm the guy that's able to talk to everybody personably enough and digest here's your technical business business goals and let me explain that in a way to where my owl type nerdy mm-hmm. co-worker is going to understand how to knock out those tasks so what i typically get what happens with me is i get thrown in a room and i have somebody ranging from all level of skills and all level of mental capacity to the people who go, I, I learned in this career, by the way, what ghost face is. And that's a funny <laughs> thing to, so if you've ever experienced ghost face, it's when you're talking about something in a technical level and that person literally just blanks out in front of you right. to the point where they're just like, I've literally stopped thinking about everything you said. And I, I've learned what that is over the years. Like I've had many hard conversations where I had to repeat myself and go back and but over the year, I feel like over the years, I've really honed that skill of being the guy who can take, you know, hey, here's the thing you want. Let me translate that for you and also give you the evidence to show here's what you asked for. Right. Take the technical information and and make it accessible. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And, that and is, that's important. It's do, hard, though. It's very hard. It's I do definitely wanna, difficult. I do want to mention real quick um, that my default ghost face is ghost face killer. That's where I went with that. But, but no, I, I can, I can totally see what, you know, it, it's a visual that makes sense. You're just looking at somebody and they've just, you, you've just lost them. Yeah. You, know, you, you can tell you know it's just like mental capacity has shut down at that right. point. You know? Just, <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine I would probably be one of those people. You get somebody in front of, you know, get somebody who's speaking in technical terms and, and I'm just, uh, yeah, you lost me at, uh, at, you know, 25 minutes ago. And but uh, what it's hard is, is that acknowledge knowing it, that was my hardest battle was knowing, Oh shit, I've lost. Well, you. and also right. you have the, uh, you know, and I think it's, it's a testament to you that you have the skill to, to kind of, you know, or the, or the, it's a skill. Know, the, well, yeah, it's a hundred percent skill. The human, the human, um, I don't know, just the interpersonal skills to be able to say, okay, let me let me dumb this down for you. You know, it, but without making them feel dumb. You know, and you can't and you can't learn that through any school, any no. Google, any any textbook that teaches you a certain skill set. That, by the way, this is the only advice I think I feel like that anybody could really take away from this. The things that I know the best and I think I am the best at are the things I have failed at the hardest first. That's that's profound actually yeah Um, that where like i have been through conversations where i have effed up so hard that i literally had to explain myself out of it find the solution basically pat everybody's head to say it's okay afterwards and then bow out as if i have completed my final f up you know (laughs) what i mean like yeah that's how it is but like I've never, I've always told, so I do a lot of, um, I talk to students at Code Louisville. I haven't done it much in the last you know, year or two, but I used to talk to students at Code Louisville and I'd give them advice about entering into what I do for a career field, right? You know, like coding and engineering and all that stuff. And I'd always give advice about like how to pursue their career. One of the things I felt like I was the, the most, again, profound, but also, um, you know, uh, broad, um, tips that I could give students was, you know, pay attention to your failures and learn from your failures. When your failures happen, 
although they're going to be challenging and emotionally distraught for you, they are the things that you are going to travel into your professional career with as your badge of honor. This is my badge. Like I've learned, I've eaten it for this. I promise you, this is not a good idea. And that's what makes you beyond an expert. That's what makes you the solution architect. I don't need the expert. I need the guy who knows where I failed before. Right. Have you ever tried to, to get some, uh, someone who's really old onto a zoom call from over the phone? Oh my God. I try to get my entire family. So as soon as COVID hit, as soon as COVID hit, me and my brother try to get our entire, my dad's side of my family. We try to get our entire side of the family on. And we spent, I'm not joking, 30 minutes yeah. listening to everybody in the conversation, try to get each other onto the call. Yeah. Just tell my grandpa happy birthday. <laughs> that's just that's what i thought of i had that experience i don't know a few months ago in it and they're like you know that the whole the the requisite knowledge to be able to understand the concept of what you're trying to teach them isn't there yeah, so exactly. it's and exactly. so it, it makes me think of being able to put it down into terms that they can understand you'll be like okay let's back up right well yeah you have you have to assume that they don't know anything uh, yes. I, I take that for granted. I take that sometimes. Uh, I take that for granted sometimes just as a realtor, like with, um, you know, with a client and I, you know, I try to explain everything. I try to be as thorough and, you know, like, but there are times that um, I just, I just can't believe they don't know this, you know, and, and I would expect them to know. It's very basic to me, very, you know, and I just, again, you take for granted what they don't know. That's why I always tell, I tell new realtors, I always say, um, you know, I promise that you know more than you think you do. And I can pretty much guarantee you that you know more than the average consumer. Mm-hmm. So it's, but it's because, uh, because the one thing that will stop you from being successful is your self doubt. If you, if you, if you're afraid to go after the business because of what you don't know. And that was a mistake I made when I was, I got licensed when I was 23 and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Um, um, I wasn't ready from a maturity standpoint. You know, it wasn't that I wasn't smart enough or wasn't capable enough. I just didn't think, you know, I, I wasn't ready to deal with, you know, people, honestly, I mean, dealing with $100,000 transactions, $400,000 transactions, million dollar transactions. I was not mentally prepared for that. So I, but I also, I just, yeah, I, I put a lot of own self-doubt in my own mind and, you know, I guess that's what self-doubt is. It's in my own mind, but um, yeah, so <laughs> redundant. You're your but, own worst enemy, right? Like yeah. That's, that's and, a- and so, you know, I made it a point, I used to work for a pretty large brokerage for a while and I made it a point to tell new agents as they came in and say, Hey, look, just go get the business. The rest of it will take care of itself. Cause you know, we all have good resources available to us the the hard part is getting the business the hard you know if, if if people like you they want to do business with you if you you know if you can present yourself well you know they're going to want to do business and and it's okay to say that you don't know something you know nobody oh, yeah. knows everything and the answers are there you can find it out you know and so even though we're the supposed experts you know we don't know everything and so you know uh yeah but i and the one thing we're talking about uh just real quick we're we're talking about um just learning from your mistakes. And one thing I'm very aware of, and I need to get better at on the podcast format specifically is the, you knows and the ums. I'm really bad at it. 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on it. I'm keep, keep getting better day by day. Every You're time. Doing good. You're doing good. My biggest one was I'm obvious. consciously aware. Yeah. Obviously. I say so ultimately my, a lot. <laughs> yeah. One of my bosses pointed out to me, he's like, dude, can you, can you just stop saying obviously? Because it's not obvious. Like what you're talking about is not obvious to the person right. you're explaining it to. And I'm like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. And it took me months. Like, it yeah, took yeah. me months, man. It took me months to just like pull that out of my lexicon and say, you know what? Obviously people don't know that. You got to stop <laughs> saying that. Right. Like, and, it, and it was little. It was a little thing, right? That's a little thing you don't notice you're doing. Well, it, it's tough to see yourself how other people see you, you know, to have it pointed out to you. And 100%. it's, and it's uh, I, I used to work for a company um, 10 years ago or more, actually, right before my first kid was born. Anyway, um, and I was, it was a small office, family owned company. And it, it was just, I was, it was never more painfully aware to me or never more apparent to me like all my flaws, like they just, it was because they were always pointed out to me by other people. And, uh, it was tough, you know, it was, it was so to be like introspective and have to look back and, 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 and it wasn't even that I was doing anything wrong. I mean, unfortunately it was not the greatest work environment, I'll be honest, but, but, um, but I, you know, I am, I'm a sensitive person. I care what people think. Unfortunately, I, I care too much about what people think about me. And, like. uh, and, and so, you know, just again, trying to look at yourself from that other perspective is you don't always like what you see. And so, you, you know, all you can do is grow from it, learn from it and, and move on, you know, just get better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's all grow from it and, uh, and move on get better. I'd say we start wrapping it up, but I want Chris to tell everyone where to find all of his various projects online. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So by the way, let me say, I thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast. We appreciate you coming on. This has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've had energy. a blast. Good energy for sure. Yeah. Yes. I love spreading good energy. I've had my ego checked in many ways through my, <laughs> in my, my years over the past few years. So, um, so, uh, I'm CTO Kids are good for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so I'm a CTO of Crosby Interactive. We build uh, all sorts of websites. One of the big things I didn't really get to talk about um, was kind of the COVID um, effect on what my career has been impacted by, which I think a lot of people have dealt with a lot of, you know, businesses are failing. There's a lot of issues that people are having kind of adapting to working from home, you know, or even running a business out of it. There are solutions out there that can help you stay above float or stay, stay floating, stay above water. Um, I, you would think during the COVID stuff that, you know, it would have been like, boom, hit. And I'm, you know, I've been, I've been kind of wiped out like everybody else, but honestly, I didn't skip a beat. Like the only thing that changed was where I work daily. And that was my office versus here. So I've, you know, basically experienced a massive boom of businesses coming online this last year trying to figure out how to make their business succeed in a digital world. And what you need to understand while you're out there trying to figure that out is this is not that hard. You just need to find the right person. Um, there are a lot of great companies in town. I would, you know, my company is, is pretty solid. We have a lot of great solutions we offer our clients. We're but all right. We're okay. You know, <laughs> so many of them. Um, yeah, but you know, you would, you generally think it's like, 
wow, it's it's all you hear is the the doom and gloom. You know, everybody's like, all these businesses are failing. Well, there's some businesses that are doing okay. And yeah. and I think people need to hear that. There's businesses that are succeeding. And if you want to succeed, talk to them and figure out how they're doing it and how they're staying afloat. So you can stay afloat too. Um, so Crosby so, Interactive, that's what I do for my day job. Where will they where will where where will they find Crosby? Crosbyinteractive.com is where you'll find Crosby. Um, and you can, if by the time you decide to throw an event in the next few months, whenever they decide to allow people to stand next to each other, you can hit me up at bardoproductions.com. That's B-A-R-D-O productions.com. That's where, uh, I promoted a lot of the music festival you might've heard about in the previous, uh, first half of the show. So mm -hmm. <laughs> go check it out. Um, and then Digitonic is my band. That's what I do to maintain sanity throughout yep. all this, my creative outlet, so to speak. And uh, you can find us at digitonicband.com. And just hit me up. My name is Chris Flynn. I'd love to talk to you, and I'd love to hear what you got going on. Hell yeah. And let's get together and play music and Bro. actually do it. Totally. With, awesome. with our friend Daniel, if you're listening, you've got to come to. Daniel Bershear, I know who you are, man. I will find you. <laughs> we see nice. you. And we will jam, my man. So real, uh, real quick, real quick, Chris. So yeah. C CTO. Is that uh, chief technology officer? Chief technology officer. That I'm. Right. I'm basically the guy that's making the calls when it comes to the technology stacks of every company. Well, obviously, it was the chief technology officer. I just wanted to yeah. make sure. <laughs> I appreciate that clarification. You, you wanted to make sure he knew. Right. Yeah. No. I'm, I mean, I fact check fact check myself all the time. I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> about well, it was really cool having you on. I think um, people get a lot out of it, and you've you've got a real natural energy on the show and it, it helps Thanks, helps us too so it gets it you know like we i'd love uh, to do it again i'd love to come yeah. on again next sure, time we'll it. talk about something different doesn't have to be all my nerdy cto stuff like <laughs> yeah, i'd love like. to just get deep on aliens and all sorts <laughs> oh. of other stuff yeah like i can talk about all sorts of stuff man we, we um, did talk about aliens uh, i yeah, saw they're, that they're real <laughs> yeah, i saw that aliens. recently I was like, man, they got the aliens. I think, geez. It's about real estate and other stuff. So yeah. And other you stuff. Never, you never really know what that other stuff is. Hey, guys, honestly, I appreciate the fact that you are putting this together. I appreciate the opportunity that you all give me to come on and kind of talk about myself and my company. Um, and, Neil, it's just great to see you again, man. It's great to see people that I've known over the past 20 years and that's great um i think that's what people are starving for right now is that connection or yep, the reconnection same. so to speak yep thank hey thank you guys for real thank you chris thanks for listening to talk about town don't forget to check our social media at talk about town ky drop us a line at neil at talk jeremy at TalkAboutTownKY.com. Neil Cox and Jeremy Judah are your friendly realtors with Judah Real Estate Group. <laughs>